from MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Today, our program, we are talking to one of the shining stars of the Mississippi culinary scene, Chef Nick Wallace. Chef Nick is based in the capital city in He will share his themes of farm-to-table in new and exciting ways. He caters, and he works with children all throughout the state with his creative creativity kitchen. Nick Wallace is showing the power of good food that can push Mississippi forward. If you want to join the conversation with Chef Nick, give us a call. Or if you want to talk about food or ideas, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-672. 7464. Shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning. It's Monday morning. It's Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Hello, Carol. Hey, Mal, Mal, Mal. How are you? It's a beautiful uh, Monday, though a bit drizzly and uh, some complicated weather out there. It's beautiful in other ways. Well, it's complicated. I think there's some tornado watches out, maybe. You have to be aware of the weather and also aware of good things to eat. How was your weekend? My weekend was fabulous, and I know yours was at the Tamale Festival, but mine was a little fishing, Uh caught some fish, and... I made whole flounder um, and then some quail stew yesterday. So I had a busy weekend. I want to hear about quail stew. I want to know what's in that. Well, I'll tell you what's in it, and maybe I'll even make you some. That would be nice. um, Java, are you interested in quail stew? Yes. Yes, he is. Well, it's it's you know a lot like a chicken stew, but but with uh, quail. And as you know, a stew is much thicker than a, a soup, so it has to cook low and slow and long. Low and slow to yes. get to a stew. But, you what, know, do you have a thickener in there? No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Well, nay, you, nay, have, nay. You, have, you have some flour that you stir into your vegetables. You know, you put your Holy Trinity in there, mm-hmm. saute it, then put a little flour, stir it around in there, and um, then add your liquid, which is... Was chicken stock. I didn't happen to have any quail no stock quail on stock. hand. I didn't have any on hand. <clears throat> and then add your uh, your quail, which has been quartered, and some some carrots, some baby potatoes. Mm. And you you take the quail when the quail's cooked. You take it out. And what about all those pesky it. little bones? No, you you take that out. You cook it first okay. in the liquid. Then you take it out and shred it or chop it and add it back in. Great. Now, you didn't catch this flounder that you cooked, did you? I did not. Didn't have time to run down to the Gulf this weekend, but uh, we had two lovely flounder that we got at Dugan's uh, Dugan's truck over mm-hmm. in the CVS parking lot. And all you have to do with, with flounder when it's as beautiful and fresh as that, it just scored it. Yeah, and on the, the skin. Score, yeah, score, score, yeah, yeah, scored it so it won't... Yeah, flip up, and also so the seasonings will will get in there. And I just put a little salt and pepper and popped it in the oven at four twenty five for about eighteen minutes, and it was it was a beautiful thing. I love a good flatfish. I do too, a good flatfish. But I bet you ate some tamales this weekend. Man, Am I right? <clears throat> yes, indeedy. I was in Greenville uh, from Thursday late afternoon uh, until Saturday morning at the. 
Delta Hot Tamale Festival. Well, it's the hot tamale capital of the world. Correct, correct, correct. And there were many, many balls in the air. There was a lot going on. We had a big dinner at the Belmont Plantation on Thursday night, which is a part of the literary and culinary mashup, all organized by the great Julia Reed, Julia Reed, Julia Reed. And um, we had her on the show last week to tell us all about it. But there was a fine dinner with an Italian theme on Thursday night. Friday, we gathered at the E.E. Bass Cultural Center, uh, which is the old E.E. Bass Junior High School uh, in downtown Greenville, and had an entire day of panels, discussions, and book signing, and a great lunch uh, around uh, literature. And there we had... Uh, many types of tamales. I think there were four kinds of tamales in a great Italian wet salad. From, Tell us about those tamales. Well, <clears throat> they were different. There were the three different kinds, um, some more spicy than others, um, different meat fillers, but all very delicious, uh, all served with crystal hot sauce, salting crackers, and this great wet salad from a place I think called Vito's, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, well, the the wet salad is... You know, a wonderful Delta Italian thing, and I particularly love the one at Doe's that Aunt Florence uh, does or did in the kitchen. She had a big wooden salad bowl and, you know, rubbed it with garlic first, and it was a tradition in that part of the Delta when someone got married, they would bring their salad bowl into Doe's and have Aunt Florence make her salad uh, and season it for Season them. the bowl. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, wet wet salad, iceberg lettuce, and some chopped oil tomatoes. and vinegar, chopped tomatoes. It was delish. Tamales were all very good, and then the panels were exciting. There were <clears throat> Roy Blunt Jr. and Calvin Trillin and Julian Rankin and Bill Dunlap, who will be at Lemuria tonight signing his book uh, on Pappy Kitchens, the great folk. I think it was his father-in-law, Pappy Kitchens, was a uh, folk uh, artist, self-trained, and he'll be at Lemure at 5 o'clock tonight signing that. He was on a panel, and I was on a panel talking about the Mississippi Writers Trail. And on that panel were relatives of Shelby Foote and uh, Walker Percy, <clears throat> and there were readings of both of their works. And uh, they were both great Greenvillians, and, uh, you know, some people said it's that brown water up there that made Greenville have so many writers. They're Sure, a bunch of them. Yeah. So great eating, uh, great literature, great uh, conversations, panels. After the uh, the literary mashup, we went outside and unveiled two of uh, the Writer's Trail markers, one to Shelby Foote and one to uh, Percy, <coughs> to Walker Percy, and um, had the families from each of those great writers on hand uh, and uh, visit Mississippi folks. Huge crowd uh, gathered outside there. For that celebration. And then they were off uh, to a fish fry later that night. And then the next day, all day Saturday, of course, is the hot tamale, the Delta Hot Tamale Festival with the crowning of the king and queen, the parade, the celebrity tamale making. the tamale making, eating the contest. The eating contest. And I'm on, still looking and for on, that guy. <laughs> the same guy's won it for like five years. And uh, Julia said he comes from... Another state, but I'm sure he has to go into training. He's a ringer. Yeah, he is. He swims across the river from Arkansas (laughs) to take the prize, and then he 
takes a flat boat back. Well, did you perchance meet the Hot Tamale Queen? I did. Hung out with the Hot Tamale Queen. And I don't mind telling you, I invited the Hot Tamale Queen and the Hot Tamamas, Hot Tamale Mamas, who started the festival. I invited them all to come and be in house St. Patty's Parade on March the 28th right here in Jackson. And they accepted. And so we will have some, some new folks in town. Um, Looking for a convertible? <laughs> Always. Did you find one? <laughs> well, I, I did. I was looking for one. Uh, we did find one for the uh, Tougaloo 150th anniversary parade. But a queen needs a convertible. Indeed. Indeed. So guess what today is, Carol, besides Monday and rainy? I have no idea. Today uh, is Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. I'm sensing a theme. There's a theme. It's a fall theme. Pumpkin yes. cheesecake. Pumpkin spice lattes at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You know anything uh, pumpkin about Spam. It? Oh, yes. We featured pumpkin spam right here on Deep South Dining a few weeks ago. Well, then it's, you know, something to do pumpkin cheesecake. Everybody needs to uh, go get a can of pumpkin and let's start early. Or just take the one out on your steps and carve it up and cook it's it down. It's not quite the same pumpkin. You won't oh, get the same I results. See. It's it, not a cooking pumpkin. Uh, I mean, you can, these but are you're decorative. not going to get good. Yeah, you're not going to get good result, results. So, what can um, you share? Uh, tips for making a pumpkin cheesecake? Well, let you know me anything think. about that? Well, um, the first thing is to always have your cream cheese at room temperature. If you've ever tried to make a cheesecake mm-hmm. with hard cream cheese, you didn't do very well. Not going to happen. And um, the, what about the batter that you make? Well, you know, you don't want to over mix it because mm-hmm. if you get too much air in it, uh, the the cheesecake will rise too rapidly. Because you know you want it to be dense. Mm-hmm. You want it to be dense. You don't you want have- it to to go up there and then fall and crack. And you have to have one of those cheesecake. Uh, it's a springform pan. Springform pan. That a, a good size. If you're just going to have one springform pan in your house, is a, a nine-inch springform. That's kind of the middle size, and you can usually get them at hardware stores. You can get them at stores like the Everyday Gourmet at department stores. And sometimes in big grocery stores like Kroger. But I want to pass along the best tip I've ever heard on cheesecake. Okay. You're not going to believe this. No, it's a drum roll. You can slice them with dental floss. Wait a minute. Is this pumpkin spice dental floss? No, Mal. It is very important (laughs) that you use unflavored dental floss. Oh, okay. But when you, you know, when you try to cut cheesecake with a knife, it I'm sticks sure to the knife it. blade. It does, and then it's just messy, and the cheesecake doesn't look like it like it does when you you know eat it in a restaurant. Who knew they had wire or dental floss? But you take a long piece of dental floss and you know hold it, yeah, tighten your hand, and you go around and and cut. All the slices, you know, before you before you serve the cake, and then get a little angled spatula to get it out. But you heard it here first, dental floss. And I think there's a market for this pumpkin spice dental floss. Obviously. But we'll work on it. All right, it's time for a break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Chef Nick Wallace. He'll be talking about his approach to the kitchen, his beginnings in the food business, and why it is important to him to reach back and teach kids about healthy eating. If you want to join the conversation and talk about pumpkin cheesecake or talk to Chef Nick Wallace, one 672 7464 or send us an email to food at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White here with my great friend, Carol Puckett. Hello, Carol. Hey, Mal. So good to see you. It's good to see you, too. It's Monday morning, and we have a very special guest in the studio today, and the music just keeps on coming. Well, because it's Nick Wallace. Right. We ha- he needs he two introductions. Two introductions. And he just we, keeps playing. He really needs no introduction. <laughs> the hardest working man in the kitchen, Chef Nick Wallace. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. Good morning. Are Martin you just Wall. off the road? Uh, just off the road from Chattanooga last night, uh, so... But I thought you were in Jackson Friday night. Yeah, I was in Jackson Friday night um, just to raise some money for breast cancer awareness uh, at the Ice House with Stephen James. And great night. We didn't finish up until like one one thirty. And me and Deshaun Barnett, the other chef, we had to get on the road and head to Chattanooga to do Flavored Nation. <laughs> I would call that a long way to go and a short time to get there. I would call that dedication. Yeah, th- that's exactly what it is. Um you know, I just want to make the best of it, you know. You I take do. a big bite out of life. Yeah, I want to. Well, I know that you were very involved with breast cancer um, and breast cancer awareness, and I thought it was interesting. You're involved with a charity with for men with, uh, I mean, of men who support breast cancer. Real men wear pink. Yes, I am a real man that wear Wears pink. pink. Yes. And you're an ambassador yes. for Real men wear pink. Yes. I hit my goal um, for, for the monies that I, I need to raise for breast cancer awareness. And all of this was, was perfect because me and Stephen James are pretty good friends. And about five, five and a half months, my five and a half m- months ago, my dad passed. And oh, he had I'm sorry. a form of cancer. Uh, it wasn't breast cancer, but I was just super motivated. I met all those folks in the university uh, medical center, and they actually recommended it. Then I met Stephen. Stephen was already an ambassador, so it all just kind of came together. Well, I'm sure that uh, you look good as a real man in a pink tie. Thank you, and I got pink socks, too. Wow. (laughs) That's good. It's very good. Well, it's wonderful to see so many events around breast cancer, and, you know, that is October, and I'm just... I'm glad you're out there fighting for us. And tell Thank us about you. the event, uh, Nick, in Chattanooga, the Flavored Nation. Man, this was a um, a, a really, really great uh, event. Um, I don't go to a, a lot of events that it's not like, you know, just super pumped with nothing but stress. Uh, this event was, was stressless. Like, me and Deshaun showed up um, and with 49 other chefs from 49 other states, and we represented Mississippi. And they highlight you very well. They they give you a whole like Mississippi map behind your booth, um, and we bring in other things to to just uh, show what the essence of Mississippi is, as far as from our opinion. And we featured Mississippi mud pie, and we just took uh, kind of my spin on Mississippi mud pie. We featured you know a lot of goat milk and to whip in the cream, and uh, it was just awesome. And it's about fifteen hundred people come from eleven to four on Saturday. And Sunday, and the networking is, you know, it's just amazing. I got to meet a couple chefs from Alaska. You know, I had some uh, dealings with Alaska when I was a corporate chef for Marriott. So it just kind of brought a lot of things together. That's great. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm interested in the goat milk, but what was in there to make it goopy and muddy like the Mississippi River? 
which well, is what Mississippi mud pie has to be. All right. So uh, I had a little twist for, for this Mississippi mud pie. So the bottom layer, uh, we just took homemade cookies and we just kind of crumbled them up and uh, we wetting it up with just like a little spritz of just uh, kind of guava mist. So it was almost like a simple like syrup. Like with the spray bottle? Yes. So that had that kind of wet kind of feel to it. And then we took like raspberries, blueberries, uh, strawberries, and, mm. and, and just uh, kind of um, made like this gelatin. So it was kind of had a gel kind of feel to it. So that was the next layer. So I did crunchy element in there with no mist with the cookies. Uh, but I think the biggest part was it, um, I, I found this farm in Edwards, Mississippi, which where I'm from. It's called Cedars uh, Tree Farm. And they grow nothing but microgreens. And um, I called him, you know, last week and I said, look, I need some microgreens that's going to cut great with this uh, goat milk and this chocolate. And I took uh, lemon basil. I've never basil. had microgreens in my Mississippi mud oh, pie. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you're telling me something neat. So I had these uh, half sheet pans that the soil, that the microgreens was growing. It was on my booth. So I had it next to where I was mm. plating at. Um, so everybody's coming and so shocked because they was like, are you really truly putting mud in this uh, pie? <laughs> you know, so it was it was it was a funny entertainment. It created conversation. And we took some uh, lemon basil and purple basil. We had all this soil right there in front of this dessert. So it's kind of weird in a sense. Um, but we was actually doing that to top it off. And it was so beautiful with it. Um, but it just told that story, too, because we took soil from Mississippi there, too. That's great. Well, Edwards isn't very far from the Mississippi River. That's very true. Tell us about growing up in Edwards, Mississippi, and how you came to the kitchen, as it were. Uh, Growing up in Edwards, Mississippi, it was uh, fun, relaxed. Um, My my grandmother, uh, Miss Linnell Donald, uh, she just turned 94. She uh, is the heartbeat of the whole homesteading right there on the corner of Military Road. So uh, my family property is right behind Calmaine Foods. Um, and I remember as being a kid, like you didn't see chickens and all in the back of Calmaine Foods because that whole property was nothing but hog farming at the time. So that's how long we've been back there. And uh, my my grandfather started Puckwood. You know, he was cutting wood. That was the family business. We started from one truck, then we got to like six trucks. And him and my dad and my two uncles, my two uncles can't um, can't talk or hear. Um, they are just the um, they I really want to get them on some type of camera because um, they have started a family business, which they have had there for the last 40 years. Uh, Uncle Tommy, he fixes everybody's lawnmower, weed eaters, uh, tractors. They just bring it to him. And you're talking about limited senses. Wow. This guy, um, you bring it to him, he's going to fix it. And it's just so amazing. So that that was like the ethos of of being there in Edwards is we're going to find a way to make the best out of everything we can and we're going to survive. So everything was about farming too. And that whole uh, area on that corner, we had about three other houses that right behind us. So if my grandmother's growing collards, the other folks don't, but they might grow turnips or callaloo or something. And we all just kind of share uh, no exchanges of money. It was always exchanging of, of food. And so you went to Jackson Public Schools, I believe. Yes. So when I was eight years old, um, my mom moved uh, me and my sister here to uh, Jackson. My mom and my dad had just a a really nick in life because at that time my dad was an alcoholic and it was some 
some terrible things that went on. So my mom knew that the separation needed to happen. And my mom always wanted the best for me and my sister, too. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Lynch Street was our first uh, landmark here in Jackson. And I went to Isabel, Blackburn, and Jim Hill. Yeah. And you're still involved with Blackburn. Yeah, I have to be because I, I just um, I remember the times when I was in school and eating lunch and all. My favorite thing was that square pizza. That was my favorite thing. I don't know if y'all remember that. Oh, yeah. In my day, we my, didn't have square pizza. I went to uh, grandfather's lunch day at McWillie the other day with my granddaughter, and they had square pizza. Awesome. Yeah, and you could fold it up, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's just the best thing ever. But, yeah, I just uh, I wanted to just do something, but I wanted something to set me apart, too. I always wanted to be just unique, but I knew my family didn't have a whole lot of money. I wanted, you know, I inspired to open up all these restaurants and do all these great things. But, you know, I'm only doing what I can at the time that I can. So if it's something that I can do, I'm just going to get it done. Um, and I just want to be able to inspire somebody else. So, yeah, going into the school systems was like a match made in heaven with partnering up with the food service director at Jack's Public School at that time was Mary Hill. Now, from from high school, you enrolled at Heinz. Were you in the culinary program? Yes. Um, uh, enrolled at the um, uh, Heinz Community College. And, um, you know, just the same thing, man. I, you know, you think big. You want to go to CIA and, and right. you, know, you think about all that stuff and you know, if I'm going to be like home base and all, let me just stay at home. But we had great teachers and all like Kathleen Bruno is, oh, is Kathleen, one of the best. Yeah, she is one of the best yeah. chefs that I know besides my grandmother now. Uh, but she is awesome. She's a true leader. Um, but I crossed paths with her and then, you know, everything else started happening with knowing, how, you know, really about her culinary path in life. And when I really, really understood who she was as a chef. You know, it was outstanding. So we had all the talent here in Mississippi. And so how did you get with hotel food service? Because that is such a great training ground for what you're doing now. Talk about doing big food and big numbers and working on a line. Yes, Carol, you you completely understand that. And that's what was told to me when um, I was like 18 years old, because I had my past with Derek Emerson at Schimmel's, you know, Orchestratus Grill all the way back then. But I was good on the line, but I I really wasn't that great. But I needed some structure in my life. It's almost like going to boot camp, working with hotels. So I I went there and I learned how to talk in front of guests, you know, look people in the eye. So I was a lot of etiquette that a lot of chefs really don't get when they just get to those freestanding restaurants. And that's where they stay. Um, I learned how to dress. I learned how to show up on time. You know, I learned how costing was the biggest thing, too, is you got to learn how to make money. And that is so critical. I mean, learning how to cost, um, it's the difference in a lot of chefs being successful and not. Mm -hmm. And also caterers. I mean, you can be the best caterer in the world, but if you don't keep the food cost under control, there you go. Yes. And, and, and two, you know, the one, the, the biggest thing about uh, hotel business is, you know, uh, one person on an eight hour shift really should be able to know how to do a two person's job. You know, and that and that's just uh, got so many qualities to it. Just like last Friday, we had the breast cancer event. It was 400 people and we only had, you know, two and a half people in the kitchen. You know, we had a lot of servers because we really, really needed them. But, you know, you working off of a small space and everything is all about timing, too. So, yeah, I, I love what Marriott and Hilton taught me. 
Great. We got a caller on the line from Greenville. Potty's calling about the Hot Tamale Festival. Is that right? Hello. Hello. You're on the air. Dottie. Oh, well, it says Potty up here. I thought it was a peculiar (laughs) name, but uh, (laughs) we'll go with it. What's going on in Greenville? I hadn't been there in, oh, I don't know, 48 hours. (laughs) This is true. Well, I heard you mention Vito's, which is in Leland, where I'm really from. Ah. And uh, but it was quickly mowed over by days, and I just do want y'all to emphasize vetoes. Amy Burden started that, okay. and she has done a fantastic job with it. So vetoes and the salads are very good. Also, they are very good. Well, you know, we need to invite Amy Burden to come on the show sometime. You we can do, do that. Yeah, she's a talker. We love a talker. That's Chef, a good thing. what do you know about this Delta-style wet salad that we're, we've been talking about that Doe serves and Vito serves? Um, I know a little bit about it, but I know I like to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know, too, they, they do it great. Um, and, you know, I like things that just have, you know, they, they're inspired by that. And I, I, I've never cooked it before, mm. but yes. I know how to eat it very well. <laughs> That's important. What That's about hot tamales? You a hot tamale man? I love hot tamales. And I think hot tamales is the base of just being creative. And you can go so many directions with it, you know, with just using it for a spread on crackers or bread or just Eating it with a bunch of salsa. Hot sauce is the mm. biggest, biggest, biggest thing for me. Crystal hot sauce for yes. me. What's your favorite hot sauce that's that's manufactured commercially? Uh, I would say Louisiana. I'm a Louisiana go. guy. Yeah, um, that's a good that. one. But you got to be careful when you buy a new bottle, though. And if you just don't shake it up, you like get this explosion. You know, uh, it's really thick. It's almost like paint, you know, and it can ruin your 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 food. All right, Dottie, thank you for calling in and straightening us out on Vito's and the Delta-style wet salad. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll continue talking with Chef Nick Wallace about his numerous Food Network appearances and his causes, uh, Creativity Kitchen. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We mentioned it just briefly. And, of course, if you have recipes you want to share or you want to comment on the pumpkin spice uh, cheesecake that we talked about earlier, bring it. Give us a call at 1-877-672-7464, or if you're in the email business, pop us an email to food at mpbonline.org. And if you've got a food event coming up in your community, like the Hot Tamale Festival in Greenville, let us know about that as well so we can promote it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Chef Nick Wallace, Carol Puckett, and myself from Deep South Dining. Welcome back to Deep South Dining, Malcolm White, Carol Puckett, and our special guest today, Chef Nick Wallace. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. We're so glad you're here. You've been on the road. You've been running and gunning, but you have returned home. Absolutely. And it, and it's great, too, to, you know, Malcolm is a legend within itself because everything he's created and Carol... You know, you have been uh, somewhere in my life throughout for so long. Um, Just popping up here and there. Yeah, but I appreciate you guys, too, and it's great being at the table today, too. Man, we appreciate you. And, Malcolm, I wanted to get back to Creativity Kitchen because that is something that's so cool. So you started this at Blackburn, and you were working with food service people. Come and give us a little snapshot of that. 
Yeah, so it was uh, it was one of those things I just wanted to get into the school system, and I, I had the choice of picking what school, and Blackburn was, you know, school that I graduated from, new school, so I wanted to go back there. And it's a simple thing. I just create these recipes in my office, and I send it over to the nutrition, you know, nutritionist, and they judge that. I might make some changes. I uh, set up training every three weeks for all the cafeteria managers. I involve the kids. Um, I cook it first for them, so they all eyes on me at that point, and then they cook it, and then I taste it. We agree upon it, and then they get the recipes, and they go back to their schools, and they put on a show, and it's featured on Mondays just so the kids you know, can go throughout their weekend, start on Monday. I brought dessert back, too, so it had to be a healthy dessert, and it had to be celebrated in the cafeteria, too. And they come and they get things like veggie pizza, like we're making meatballs. You know, we're doing a lot of great food. And uh, I was inspired off of really um, um, Oliver, the chef, Chef Oliver, of what he was doing in London. And um, Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver. Thank you. Crazy man. Yeah. He just, you know, got up with an idea and wanted to put some fresh herbs and some fresh food on the cafeteria trays and he just did it he didn't ask for permission it was you know he just did it so i just took that kind of approach and i thought it would be fun for the kids and now i can't even go to kroger or nowhere and i see these dads and these mothers or these kids and i'll be down the aisle looking for crackers and something and all of a sudden my somebody jumps my leg and i'm like who is this um and it was like hey this is you know clarence from from blackburn hey my dad wants to meet you so it's great it's inspiring they're, they're and they just do happy. it on mondays you call it creativity kitchen mondays um, I didn't put the Mondays on Creativity Kitchen, but that's a great no, idea. No, but, but that's when the students have yes. the have the fresh food yes. and the experiences on Mondays. On Monday, just to set them off for the whole week. There you go. And I'm sure that the cafeteria staff loves getting trained and you know and increasing their culinary skills. Yes, because you know if you if you go back 15, 20 years, they was making everything from scratch in the school system. They took all that away, took all the salt away, took a lot of things away. So to have me to come in the kitchen and just, yeah, it just brings a lot more energy back. You know, um, um, they're disappointed because it's 13 schools and I can only get to so many schools in a in a two hour period. So I try to hit at least three or four schools. I can't hit 13 um, and I'll just rotate that for the next Monday. Uh, but it's just nothing but love. Like that's that's the great thing about it. And I wanted to just say at this juncture in our show how much I am impressed by the new generation of people in the restaurant business and in the food business who are giving back. I'm I'm reminded here of Robert St. John's Extra Mm -hmm. Table Initiative. I'm reminding here of Jeff Good and Bravo's Mm -hmm. commitment to Refill Cafe and this amazing creativity kitchen that you're doing. We used to just run restaurants and try to make a living and that was about the extent of occasionally we would be called on to give some free food to an event but now we've sort of taken our own initiative and we're saying these are our nonprofits that we're committed to absolutely and we want people to join us rather than us just being someone who donates free food and shows up Mm -hmm. and cooks for other causes which of course we continue to do yeah yeah well i love it that chefs are involved in social justice issues and you know, and it makes sense because as a chef, I mean, you feed people, you care for people, you nurture people. And I saw your name uh, on the James Beard page for the chef's boot camp for mm-hmm. policy and change. Mm-hmm. And I had 
you know, I've read about that before, but I've never actually known somebody mm-hmm. who did it. So tell us about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, this has probably been three years now that uh, I'm an alum for for that, and I went to the state capitol. You know, I talk about you know the the just the food in general for Mississippi, and I've had uh, Congressman Thompson, you know, one on one in a room, you know, trying to defend local foods, trying to get local chicken to be available, you know, um, it's been a great thing. And actually that even brought a whole lot of, uh, opportunities for me. I'm the co-chair of share the Gulf. So I'm trying to get right. seafood inside of the school systems, which that's don't happen where we're so close to the Gulf and the Mississippi river. I don't see why not. So we, we kicked off an event at Blackburn middle school about a month and a half ago with Congressman Thompson and I took 50 kids from Blackburn on the Gulf of Mexico. You were got to be kidding. No, we, we, we caught about 300 pounds of redfish. We about 100 pounds of mackerel. And we filleted it down for the kids. And we sent them home with a recipe. Um, I'm just appreciative of the parents, though, you know, for the kids. Because, you know, my mom probably wouldn't have sent me on that with, with somebody. I don't care if he's been on TV or not. But we had this big charter. I bet some of these kids hadn't been on a boat. Never. Never. And for them just to see their, you know, feel their hair flowing in the air, seeing all these dolphins jumping right. out of the water, like they were just so amazed. Um, so this is just a great opportunity. But James Beard Foundation has been that foundation for a lot of chefs out there. And Malcolm, thank you for what you're saying, because, you know, I learned from folks like Jeff Good, from Robert St. John, because you see them and, you know, they'd be in the restaurant business for so long, catching tickets and, you know, trying to make sure everybody's happy. You know, it's only within us to to give back even more, too, because it's only going to come back with us in return, to be honest. But I, I really think that's a great idea to take chefs who are politically minded and civically minded and give some undergirding. I mean, I, I know that they you know, trained y'all on issues and how to present your issues to governmental bodies uh, because you guys really are our celebrities now when you're on the front line and people listen. Yes, yes, and and I love it because you know you can you can it teaches us a, a whole lot of things too. Every food should be told with a story, too. Absolutely. You know, every food. And speaking of that, I mean, I think it's so unique that, that, you know, when you talk about farm to table, you're not talking about a concept. You're talking about your life. Yes. You grew up on a farm. So for you to talk about raising greens and using fresh greens, as opposed to a chef who maybe grew up in a city and had Mm -hmm. to sort of become familiar with farming, you're the other way around. I mean, you grew up on the farm and you've used your own ingredients, I would imagine, starting with your grandmother yes. your entire life. Yes, yes. Um, it wasn't nothing to, to see flour on your face or, you know, my grandmother to have burns up in her arm because she's canning and things like that. But, you know, dewberries, you know, dewberries is one of those things now. We've been just trying to make it really, really popular now, uh-huh. you know. But, yeah, far, and then Farm to Table one big thing I have, farm to table shouldn't be a new thing that we embrace to make a concept off of it to, you know, talk about what it really is. It's something that's been just completely lost. We need to get it back. It helps so much, you know, in our lives for our longevity. You know, like I told you, my grandmother just turned 94, you know, and that's my dad's mother and my mom's mother. She just turned 85. 
you know, and they are just as spicy as any chili that you can find. (laughs) You know, it works. You know, it really, really and truly works. And just eat things in moderation, too. But, yes, make it local. Your mom's in the food industry, isn't she? She is. She just retired completely. And I'm so happy for her. You know, uh, I I, I just uh, hope I get to where she's at right now. She just turned 65. And I hope That's I young. Yeah, it, it is young. She wants to put her, you know, let her hair fly with a lot <laughs> yeah. of these other opportunities I have in life now with a lot of traveling. She wants to be a part of it on sure. that groundbreaking scale. Well, uh, tell us about the hatch in Midtown. That's where your kids. That's an incubator, right? It's an incubator. Um, it's been a, you know, it's God sent for a lot of folks. I took the old Mississippi Coldrip area. And it was an old tea, tea area, too. So I just took both of them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they, they come in and they, they help you. And they just kind of dive into your business plan of what you got going on. And they give you uh, a space. Um, yeah, it's a leasing. So you pay your, your rent every month. But it's just, a, um, you know, it's a structure for you to grow. And uh, it's hard on. Who and sponsors it? Well, it's uh, it's Midtown. It's okay. owned by Midtown. Mid- oh, uh-huh. It's owned by Midtown. And, and two, it, it makes you a great business person, too. But like I say, it's um, the the leasing is uh, cheaper than where you would get it. Um, but it gives us a lot of responsibilities, too. But it gives you a platform because when I started working for myself, I started working out of my house. Mm-hmm. And I was seeking and looking for opportunities around Jackson and then you know, Christy Hendricks at uh, Midtown, I found her and it was like, voila. My mom was actually working there at the time for Feast Specialty Foods. Are they still there? They are still there and they're thriving too. Oh, that's, that's great. What what kind of deal do they do? Uh, Feast Specialty Foods is, you know, for a lot of couples and families, they can call in or order online to um, for food and they can get food delivered to their front door. And they don't have to worry about cooking other than putting it in the, the uh, oven. And they have fresh, fresh grape food too. And they oh, have over know about that. five, six hundred clients, I'm sure, or even more. And they deliver it. They put it in a cooler. You, you, you come home, and it's it's iced down. It's you got desserts if you want. You got salmon. You got everything. But it's great meals. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back, talk more to Nick Wallace about recipes and what it's like to be a chef, be on television. Uh, about what his world is like today, and also about a new project in Natchez I think he wants to share with us. But we'll talk recipes. We'll talk ingredients. If you have a question for Chef Nick Wallace, give us a call. Be glad to entertain that, one 672 7464 Or if you just want to talk to Carol and I about pumpkin spice, we're, we're open to that. You can shoot us an email at food at MPB online. Give us a call. We'll be right back and talk more with Carol Puckett. Chef Nick Wallace and Malcolm White. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Carol Puckett, Malcolm White, and Chef Nick Wallace. Welcome all. Thank Chef, you. you've spent a fair amount of time being on television. That's a long way from Edwards. Tell us about your TV appearances and how you got started showing up on our TV screens on the Food Network. Yeah, a long way from Edwards. Um, it started off, you know, with Cutthroat Kitchen. 
you know, uh, it was a, a, a really entertaining show with Alton Brown. I did that back in 2014, and um, I had to go to Hollywood, so it was a culture change for me. Yeah. So you're a Hollywood star. Did they uh, do makeup? Makeup? They, they did makeup. Um, it was a little weird for me, you know, somebody touching <laughs> your face every time you move around. Uh, but it was a great experience. Uh, I did second place in, in Cutthroat Kitchen, and my feelings was hurt just a little bit uh, because I just want to win. <laughs> Uh, but after that, uh, I got a chance to do uh, three chop shows with Alton Brown again, which was awesome. And that's when I was claimed chop champion. The chop champion. Chop champion from Mississippi. And then just recently, I'm sorry, let me back up. I did Comfort Nation. I did two okay. shows for them. They actually came here and uh, filmed everything in my home with my family. Um, that's just the online show. Uh -huh. It's Comfort Nation. And then the last one, I just came back from Toronto, uh, Canada. And I did a Food Network Canada show, and it'll be airing soon, and I just can't wait for everybody to see that. All right. Well, actually, Java, can we take this caller from Memphis who wants to talk to Chef Wallace about the restaurant business? Hey, Matt. Hey, good morning, y'all. I uh, appreciate y'all as always, but I got to tell you, this morning I just really enjoyed listening to Chef Wallace. He uh, has inspired me to want to come down to Jackson and eat at his restaurant. I uh, hadn't heard y'all talk about what his restaurants are much. I was wondering what he had on the menu. Well, thank you for where asking. Is, where his restaurants are. And listen, once again, Chef Wallace, you are an inspiration. Keep it up. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you. Thank you. So, Matt, um, so uh, I'm I'm focusing on nothing but catering right now. So we're about to get into uh, the restaurant scene because I'm actually going to have a restaurant open um, at the end of the year. Um, it's not going to be in Jackson area. It's going to be in Churchill, Mississippi. Um, and then I'm um, going to open up about two, three more restaurants in downtown Natchez. Um, so I'm going to, you know, really, you know, make my structure of business and restaurant there first. And then I'm going to try to make one scalable, man, because I, I love Memphis and I know that's where you're calling from. Um, and um, it's it's been a long time coming. I just turned 40. I've been waiting for this opportunity. I can't wait to see what the next five years is going to be uh, about in my life. And I can't wait until I have a home base for everybody just to come in and just taste my flavors all the time. That's the one I'm really, really excited about. And what's the name of the first restaurant? The first restaurant is called Churchill Variety. So it's in Churchill, Mississippi. It's right across the street from the oldest church uh, uh -huh. in Mississippi. And an old gas station, too, which has been torn down. We're going to um, make that to be in a museum eventually. Um, but the restaurant is is uh, almost done. We're about to start uh, mounting in equipment now. Uh, the variety part is it's in a rural area, which is it's a lot of people there. Um, but we're going to go ahead and have access to pickled items. They're going to be able to have homemade cheeses, homemade sausages. We're going to have a smokehouse in there. So people can actually come and get homemade ice cream to take to their home. So this right here is going to be a really, really great thing because it reminds me of Edwards. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, food deserts. So Churchill Variety, you know, complements food deserts because you don't have no grocery store within 30 miles, 40 miles. So you, it's really needed there. So you'll start in Churchill with the 
with the small is it a small operation there this it, variety uh variety is actually pretty big okay. um it has a storefront which is on the left hand side it has the uh full bar that you can sit at but it's only food so this is where the full line is uh, in the back it has a beverage bar um a lot of seating chef's table that is uh, created right there for the experience a smokehouse and then outside it's going to be dining also and like an entertainment stage so around hunting season which i'm really trying to get something before hunting season is over with because we want to feature like an experience out there for a lot of hunters there's a lot of hunters there um so it's going to have an outdoor and indoor kind of feel to it a lot of old rocking chairs and things like that that you're going to be able to see tay taylor is the vision behind the decor side and he is completely amazing and Tate was producer of The Help and several other things. Get on the, up. I yeah, believe. get on up get the on James, up. James Brown movie. But he is a Jacksonian and talking about giving back. Yes. He is one guy that has really given back and we appreciate him. Yeah. And I, I got to say about Tate, I've never met a person like Tate before in my life. And I tell him this all the time. He's like, Nick, can you stop? I said, I can't. You know, <laughs> honestly, I haven't. And he's paired up with uh, John Norris, too. Right. John Norris, uh, is, is, it's perfect. They do well in the movies. And, um, you know, the recent movie uh, that they did was Ma that was filmed in Natchez, too. Right. Um, and they have so many more things in, in store. But they really, really all about community in Mississippi. So we don't want you to get out of here without giving us some a recipe or at least some sort of a, a tickler about some food. I see that you're interested in black-eyed peas and turkey gumbo. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I can't cook that until the wintertime, so, you know, I'm getting excited. Um, I think it's all about fire pits and uh, black-eyed pea uh, and turkey gumbo because it has, like, collard greens and turnip greens in there. It's it's. Uh, I always wanted to make something that was like a Mississippi base, so that's my Mississippi gumbo. Is that recipe on your website? Yes, it's on my it's on my website, and you have a lot of uh, kids recipes. It's on my website, adult recipes, but recipes for everyone. But two, you can uh, put a question on there on my website too, and ask me any questions. You can recommend any type of recipes, and we'll send them right back to you. Uh, we we think sharing is caring. It's a really great thing when we can talk about food. So please. Please visit uh, nickwallaceculinary.com and uh, get any information and ask for anything that you want to know. What does a professional chef eat at home on a Tuesday night? Hot pockets. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> hot pockets used to be my thing. It, it used to be my thing. Um, right now, um, so um, I will do like neck bones and potatoes, man. All right. I would I would put those on the stove when I first get at home because I got laundry and everything else to deal with. And I'll let those things cook. You know, I love sweet potatoes. I love turnip roots. I love rutabagas. Mm. You know, I love sausage. Sausage is a big thing. But a simple meal for me is a really good sausage just warmed up in a cast iron skillet. I would take a tortilla and mustard, and I would roll that thing, man, and I would go to town. That is a Nick Wallace hot pocket. Oh, yeah. There you go. My new thing is breakfast. I, I scrambled yeah. eggs. I scramble eggs and put all sorts of things in it and roll it up in a tortilla. Every, it, that's my Saturday morning go-to. Put I some salsa it. over it. I love Cheese. it. Cheese. I love it. Well, I think that must be a theme because I took a tortilla, spread an avocado Mm. base on it and put some ceviche, bass ceviche that mm. Neil Strickland from Raymond made for me. I was thinking what to do with this. So 
Do you do, you do ceviches? Oh, yeah. I love it. I, I completely love it. Anything in, in the raw or semi-raw form, I completely love. But I, I've never done it with tortillas. I've done it with plenty of crackers. I was just trying to think what to do with it uh, in the morning. It was delicious. And my idea wasn't original because... Uh, Neil Strickland had also done done the avocado, but let me mm. recommend it. It's delicious. Tell us a little about uh, a little bit about your corn and goat cheese grits. I like the way that sounds. Oh, me too. Me too. And 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 the great thing about it is, you know, um, really good grits. So you want to do really good grits, um, and you want to just uh, take something like shoe pit corn and caramelize that before you even start your grits. Mm-hmm. And then once you get the Thick that you know the thickening with that what you want, and and just finish it with a little bit of butter, salt, and finish it up with goat cheese. Let them rest before you do anything with your grits. Let them sit there. Let them be happy because they just kind of you know marry together. And man, you're talking about good. You don't need any meats or nothing. Just a spoon and a bowl. Mm, hoping yes. you have some in your car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so people often stop me on the street and say, "Man, we sure do enjoy your Monday morning Deep South Dining show," but. It always makes us hungry, mm-hmm. to which I say, that's the point. That's the point. <laughs> you just made me hungry. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Natchez, after uh, Churchill, you get the Churchill project going, and then you move to Natchez and you open up a, a bunch of restaurants over there, a couple? What? Yes. So, um, yeah, after Churchill Variety, um, just kind of working out the kinks, um, we're going to go over uh, Steampunk uh, Coffee Shop is going to be the next one. Oh, yeah. Are they still open? No, they're not Okay, open, open for a while, and they close, and mm-hmm. you're going to reopen it. Absolutely. And I want to bring burgers and coffee together. We're working in the retail market because we're going to do our own branded coffee. Um, but think about burgers and coffee together, man. You know I what? I can dig it. Yeah, me too. I like I the way wait. that sounds. Nick, thanks so much for coming in and Thank spending you. an hour of your day with us. Thank you. It was inspiring, and we appreciate it. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributors like yourself. Our show is produced by the magnificent Java Chapman. And Carol Puckett and I were happy to be your guest and host along with Nick Wallace today. Stay tuned now for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And join us next Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning, Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio.